Hey, Road to Life, we love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. As we said, you know, the title and um, God loves me, God loves me not. And you're going to see where I'm going with this. They can kind of leave it up there, but you're going to see where I'm going. But, you know, living down here, when you talk about living down here, one of the things that marks down here is the word uncertainty. It's un- How many of you know that we try to plan, we try to navigate, we try to do everything that we can, but living down here, some uncertainty can be avoided in our life. Some of it is unavoidable, and we're going to go through uncertainty. But let's just be honest, we don't like uncertainty unless we can figure it out when we're facing it. I don't mind uncertainty as long as I can look at it, figure it out, and navigate it within my, within my life. But strictly from a natural view, and when I say natural, I'm talking about, you know, just a natural secular view, uncertainty causes anxiety. And medical science tells us that living with high levels of anxiety in our life, it breaks down our immune system. It causes us to be more susceptible to physical problems, psychological problems, sickness, disease, and those types of things, physical ailments in our life. And if you think about it, and I was just thinking about this, is almost all insurances that we get are basically what they're doing is they're addressing uncertainty. Is it not true? Where you stop and you say, well, if this happens, then I have this that's going to cover for that uncertainty. And they have coverage for everything. I was talking with somebody a while back and they told me that they had health insurance on their dog. They had dog health insurance so that if anything happened to their dog, then they would have insurance to cover taking care of their dog. How many of you know? And I thought, I'd never heard of that. Has anybody ever heard of that before? Don't raise your, okay, okay, okay. Now let me just throw this out. Don't raise your hand. Don't anybody, never mind. I'll just leave it alone. Okay. But you know, when you think about it is if that's not enough, you can get an umbrella policy over your insurance to make sure that you are covered in it and whatever that uncertainty thing is covered. But one thing that is certain down here, and we're going to see that Jesus said it, is uncertainty is part of life. And I want to be clear and just backtrack for a moment. I believe in insurance. I believe in insurance. Some people are like, he don't believe in insurance. Just for online crowd, I do believe in insurance. But if you, I want to look at something that Jesus said in a time of uncertainty for his disciples Because it's not going to go how they think. It isn't going to go in the direction that they think. In John 16, verse 33, it says this. Jesus said, remember, it's uncertainty. It's not going to go how they think. It says, and everything I have taught you, this is Jesus, is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and give you great confidence as you rest in me. Now, there's a period there, so I'm going to stop, and I'm just going to say this. How many of us like the peace of God? How many, remember the environment. He said that the peace that's in me said everything, the purpose of my teachings is so that you would act upon them. And then what would happen is that the peace and the confidence that's in me will be in you. 
Now look at what he said after that. For in this unbelieving world or this natural world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Notice the purpose of Jesus' teaching is so that we act on them in an uncertain environment, in a world that is trouble, in a world that that is uncertain. He said, and what it would do is it would produce peace and confidence within my life. The environment that we have peace and confidence in is in an uncertain world. The environment that we have peace and confidence in, he said, what Jesus said is that it would be, it would be trouble and it would be sorrow. It says this in John 16, 33, this is a new living translation. He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on the earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. God wants to teach us how to live with certainty while facing uncertainty in our life. He wants to teach us how, you know, you're going to go through things. You're going to, just because you live down here. You know, and I think a lot of times as I study the Bible, what I have noticed is this, is I think that the level of uncertainty in biblical times was much higher than the level of uncertainty today. I mean, we can just get insurance and you know what I'm saying, in a lot of those different things. But if you look in the Bible and you look at their lives, is their life expectancy was 40-ish. That's how, that is the average life of how old people lived. I mean, where do you think medical science was 2,000 years ago? I was talking with a physician, this was a couple of years back in the church, and he said 100 years ago, he said when people died, they didn't know why they died, they just said they died. And now they could tell you exactly why they died or what it was, if it was preventable. I mean, Roman rule in biblical day and oppression is they despised the Jews and the Christians. They lived under oppression. If you study, you think that taxes are bad in America, taxation rate where they lived in under Roman rule were so severe that it was not unusual to sell your children into slavery to be able to pay your taxation. Do you know that if you study, you, you remember um, Mary Magdalene, the prostitute, the area that she came from, they believe that as a child, her parents sold her into basically sex trafficking or slavery in order to cover their taxes. I mean, they had no social programs for the needy. And you look at Jesus' words, and he said, in this life, you're going to face things that are sorrowful. You're going to face things that are difficult, but be of good cheer. We see Jesus talking to them about uncertainty in their life. But equally, when I study the Bible in the environment that we just described, something that jumps out to me is this, is their level of peace, their level of optimism, their level of joy, their level of certainty, which in our opinion as Americans, it would be, look, we would be looking at it and say that is a way harder life than what I have, but they had a high level of certainty. And with that in mind, what I want to do is I want to look at two of the disciples of Jesus, Peter and John, and I want to see the difference between them because there's a very 
distinct difference between Peter and John in the way that they responded. In the way that if you, if you look at Peter's life, what you see is Peter describes himself as a disciple that loved Jesus. That's how Peter described himself. He would say, he, if you look, Peter said it three times in John 21, Lord, I, I love you. And we're not going to get into that. We don't doubt at all that Peter loved Jesus. But when you study his life, what you find out is he was prone to be fickle. You find out that he, there would be times when he needed to stand up, he would be impulsive and he would be weak. He would be insecure, impetuous, and cowardly. He'd struggle with taking a stand in difficult moments. You remember when Jesus said before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And you remember where John was. John was right inside there. If you look, even after Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, you see that he struggled with this. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 11, the apostle Paul said that he withstood Peter to his face because Peter gave into a crowd of people that were creating a division within the church. Peter loved Jesus. We know that. I am not minimizing that at all. But John describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's how John describes himself. Or we could say it like this, I know that God loves me. And the difference is profound. One is what I do. I love you, Jesus. The other is an awareness of how God sees me, which in turn affects how I see God when I'm facing uncertainty in my life. I can say I love Jesus, but realize this, there must be an awareness on the inside of me that God loves me. When I am aware that God loves me, it affects how I see uncertainty. It affects how I respond when it's difficult. When I am aware that God loves me, it's a game changer. And I want to just give you a couple uh, caveats of John's life. God used John to quote Jesus' words in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish. Do you know that that's the only time that that's said in the Bible? And if you, if you study, basically John is the one that said it. John was at the cross when Jesus was crucified and Jesus told him to take care of my mother when he was crucified. John didn't die a martyr, even though history tells us they tried to kill him by boiling him in oil, but he, and he died of natural causes. History tells us that they, when they tried to kill John another time by, um, by exiling him to the Isle of Patmos, God provided for him and God used him to write the entire book of Revelation. If you look the theme of 1 John, which John wrote, the, the very first theme is this, that, that the love of God, and the second theme is fellowship with God. The word love is used 37 times in 1 John's five short chapters. Do you know that in the, in the three gospels, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the word love is used in all three of those, those gospels 27 times, but in John's gospel, gospel alone, it's used 22 times. What you see about John is his awareness of God's love for him. When I am aware of God's love for me, it affects my certainty in uncertain times. Yeah. It affects the way that I see. You know, right now, 
We're in COVID season. How many of you are with me? Someplace. But we're in what it is, is that it's in what has happened over the last couple years is just this high level of uncertainty. See, in what, realize that when I know that God loves me, it affects me in real terms when I'm going through things in my life. It affects the way that I respond. It affects the way that I react. Can I get these guys to come? I got, I want to, I want to do something. How many, how many, okay, how many of you believe these guys can catch me? How many of you would not trust these guys? Let me just see your hands, right? Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, notice this. Okay, wait. Okay, they're all, they're all ladies. Okay. Okay. Oh, Nick would not. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, one more time. How many of you would trust these guys? How many of you would not trust these guys? Put your hands up. Oh, we got more guys in the back. We got guys. They're all over. Okay, they're, they're all over. Realize this, that when we talk about the love of God, when we're in an uncertain situation, and it's like, God, I don't know what's going on. God says, I want you to trust me that I've got you. And usually the way that it is, are you guys ready? How many of you think I should run and leap? No, there's no way I'm running and leaping. But what it is and what happens is that God's like, I've got you. And we're like, I'll pray about this. How many of you know what I'm saying? And what happens is, is God's like, I want you to trust me and let that thing go. I want you to give it to me. I want you to cast that anxiety. I want you to cast that worry. I want you to let that thing go and give it to me. And at first we're like, I've not fallen into that. How many of you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, Lord, let me try to do it myself first. I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to lose some sleep. I'm going to be a little frustrated. I'm going to be cranky, grouchy. Whoa. How many of you know what I'm saying? But what happens is, but what, what, we do, what we basically do is God calls us to come to a place where we say, God, you love me. And because you love me, I'm going to trust you. How many of you know what I'm saying? Thanks, guys. How many of you know what I'm saying? It says in 1 John verse 4. Verse 10, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, it's not that I, I, we do love God, but more important is I need to know that God loves me, that God's got me. That when I'm facing uncertainty, when I don't get it, when I don't understand, when somebody does something stupid, when my circumstances go upside down, God, you've got me. You love me. Look at what it says in 1 John 4, 18 and 19. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, 
It is fear of punishment, and it shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now look at verse 19. We love each other because he first loved us. There's a huge difference between saying, God, I love you, and we should, and God, I know that you love me, and you've got me in my life. Every day in real life situations, we answer this question with God. Every single day when we're going through life and we're navigating and things happen and situations are going on, every day this question is answered that either God loves me or you know what? The way I've responded, he doesn't love me. God, you love me? Or Lord, I'm not really sure if you love me. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to respond this way. Come on back up, guys. Okay, now I want one of you to, Amy, I want you to come up. And, I want, and what happens is, is the more comfortable that we get with God's love, the more that we do it, what happens is we just begin to carry me around. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. How many of you would like my wife to do that? See, my functioning grasp of the truth that God loves me, it directly impacts how I live while facing uncertainty in my life. It directly impacts that. Knowing, I mean really knowing that God loves me, it changes everything. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 35 through 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? I mean, wow, what a, what a stack right there. Verse 36, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that was revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look at all of those things that he listed there. I would venture to say when he talked about, when he talked about not having food in peril, when he talked about being threatened with death, he talked about a level of certain while we're facing that because of our awareness of God's love. John 13, 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. What I want you to notice is this, is my ability to love you is directly linked to my ability to know God loves me. If I don't know God's love in me, then it's impossible for me 
to love you. And there's a whole lot of people running around today and a whole lot of Christians that they don't know God's love and they're running around trying to get it from somebody. They're trying to get it from something. They're trying to get something that is going to fill them up. And what God is saying is you've got to realize that my love toward you is the game changer. My love toward you is what changes you on the inside when you're facing uncertainty. Realize that the difference, the difference is this, is one, I'm trying to get a victory. The other is I've already got the victory because of his love that is for me. And what we have got to realize is my ability to accept and believe it, it affects every part of my life. Look at what it says in John. Jesus is pr- this is Jesus' prayer in John 17, 26. He said, I have revealed to you, I have revealed you to them. Jesus is praying, talking to God. And I will continue to do so. Now look at this. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. And the difference between getting, working for a victory and working from victory is knowing God's love that he has for each and every one of us. This awareness, it changes us. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 that it's the love of God that constrains us. It constrains us. And in our lives, sometimes I believe that what God is saying, this is what's relational Christianity. Relational relational Christianity is no matter where I go, no matter what I do, and no matter what I face, no matter who I meet, no matter what people do, no matter what life throws at me, the bedrock of my life is God loves me and God's got me. He's leading me and he's guiding me in my life. And I wonder today, as we talk about this, and as we zero in on that, I believe that God is wanting us to make an adjustment in our heart. See, it is one thing for me, how, I believe, well, how many, how many of you love Jesus? I love Jesus, we got, how many of you know, I love Jesus, but how about this? How many of us know the love of God in and over our life? Because the Bible says that God's love is inexhaustible in our life. That its height, its depth, its breadth, and its width can never fully be understood in our life. It's so inexhaustible in our life. And I believe that, it's, that God is saying, it's, I, know that, I know, Mike, that you love me, but do you know how much I love you in your life? I mean, really know it because it changes our life. You know, the next time that you face uncertainty, you say, well, when is that going to be? Probably sometime today. How many of you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Be honest. How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you, (laughs) if we could just put our finger on how much uncertainty goes on around us, are you with me? How many of you would would find yourself facing a lot less uncertainty if the people around you would just get it together. How many of you know what I'm saying? But how many of you have found that controlling those people doesn't work? It doesn't work. Now let's have an honest moment. How many of you would like to control them? Put your hand up. (laughs) But what it is, is it's saying, okay, God, I can't control them. I can't control the world around me. And you said, down here on earth, 
I'm going to face trouble. I'm going to face sorrow. I'm going to face uncertainty. But that your love toward me should place a peace and a confidence in me. The next time you face uncertainty, I want you to remember four things. Number one is this. God gave his only son, Jesus, to show you how much he loves you. That's, what he, that's the reason God said, I gave my son, John 3, 16, to show you how much I love you. The second thing is this. God is in charge and leading my life. God's in charge. He's leading. You say, I want to be in charge. You will never be in charge. You can do the best that you can, but things are going to happen. I am not saying don't have a plan. I am not saying don't navigate. I am not saying don't chart a course. But what I'm saying is ultimately you have to back up and say, God, you're in charge of my life. And because I know that you're in charge of my life, just say that with me. Just sometimes some of us, that's just going to free us up. Say that with me. Say, Lord, you're in charge of my life. And so I choose to rest. When God is in charge, it changes everything. Number three is this, is God has a plan for my life, and I don't know exactly what it looks like. I don't know exactly what it looks like. I remember, do you know that we pastored a church in California, and it was in a town called Temecula. And this guy came and prophesied over us, and he said to us, he said, God is going to cause you to have success and prosper in the east. Okay, we were on the west side of town. So in our brain, we said, God is going to, we can, oh, that's the Anza Borrego Desert. Oh, God is going to give us favor over in this area. God is going to give us, we didn't know what God meant is we were going to, you know, you can't get, you could get a little bit farther east than Michigan, but not a whole lot farther east from California. How many of you know what I'm saying? But what God was saying is he was saying, I'm going to do something. Your brain thinks it's going to be like this because how many? of y'all know we got a pea brain compared to God. Our brain is like incredibly small compared to God. And what God does is he said, basically says, I got a plan for your life and you're not going to know exactly what it looks like. You might have an idea of the way that it's going to go, but God is basically says to us, I need you to get secure in my love. I need you to get secure in my love. There's going to be some things that go the way you want, and there's going to be some things that do not go the way that you want. There's going to be some things that you think are certain that turn out to be uncertain, but I'm a good God. I'm a faithful God. I am good, and I'm leading your life through every situation. And the last one, number four, is this. If I turn to him, he'll use uncertainty to develop certainty in my life. If I'll turn to God, if I'll just say, God, I'm just all in, I'm all in, God will use those uncertain things to develop certainty in my mind. You say, what do you mean? It's gonna go the way I think. No, you will become more certain in God's love than anything else in your life. And you will begin to, like when these guys were up here, when God says, trust me, it will become natural. You'll just fall. It will become natural. You'll just go there. It will just be a gear that he works where you're doing your best 
But when it starts getting frustrated and you start getting anxious and you don't understand why it's going that way, when I know God's love, I know that he has a plan. I know that he's leading my life. I know that he's in charge. No matter what anybody else does, God will use it for my certain good. But the foundation is really simple. I got to trust him and love him with all my heart, knowing that he loves me and is navigating my course. Amen. Amen. Man, that just takes, let me ask you just while they're getting ready. How many of us will admit I'm a control freak? How many of you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? How many of us have insurance on our dog? No, don't put your hand up. <laughs> I believe today that what God is saying to each and every one of us is every day when circumstances happen, we're revealing our belief on the inside. By the way we respond, he loves me. God loves me. He's got it. He's got it. But equally at the same time, I don't know, Lord, I'm not fully confident. God is saying, let's go deeper. Why don't you practice falling into my arms and trusting me in your situation right now? Amen. Amen.